Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How close do I go to the microphone? Do I just be like, hi? Or do I... The closer the better. Sort of like this is probably best. Like that. Can yeah. You, can you hear so, that? You've got lots of cool things to say. No. <laughs> just ask me my opinion things. about columns this week yes thanks to the one that you decided to write Saturday just gone so which couple, we didn't actually talk about on last week's podcast did we not well we did but Ben cut it out because he thought it was boring Ben had a bit of a problem editing last week's podcast didn't he we finally had a proper barn stinker actual marital row mm-hmm. instead of ha ha there's a bit of husband and wife friction here as we discuss the news I did some table thumping and some real proper shouting mm-hmm. in a situation that all entirely of your making I misjudged the room again. <laughs> anyway, but so Ben had to edit that all out. No, but what we were talking about, we, so we didn't get on to talking about the Armosley thing. The previous week we had a, we did a podcast about me getting dragged and about getting dragged generally and about the fallout from a column about uh, why there are no male writers and I'd made some jokes that were not taken as jokes by certain people in the culture war. And by that you mean Twitter? Yeah, I suppose I do, but I don't want to, I don't want to mention them by name. Um, and, uh, and and the problems it can have when you're dragged and you write a column, you're not expecting problems. We did that. And this week, well, a couple of weeks later, we thought we'd talk about when a column goes just unexpectedly well. Unexpectedly brilliant. I, now, look, I was, because I'm a scaredy cat and because I'm fully traumatised by just writing columns and being dragged on Twitter and everything, I was really, really worried about this column because what was the column going to be about? It's going to be about... So last week, yeah, last week, so there was the announcement that, the, that Alexander Mosley... Uh, the son of the evil Formula One boss and um, grandson of Oswald Mosley, the leader of the British Union of Fascists. His name was being taken off professorships and buildings at Oxford University, which had been endowed with his charitable trust, left to him by his evil family, uh, because the people didn't want the fascism associated with them. And I said no. I stood up for Al Mosley, who I was at school with and was at university with. And I said, I can't call this a decision a bad one, but I have to call it a sad one and say why, that he was blameless. And why should the sins of the father and the grandfather be visited on the name of the tragically dead son? Mm. Um, and I was very worried about that this I shouldn't write I'm about now it. Yeah. worried about basically anything that you write. I'm, I'm now kind of fully, uh, really worried about. And then what happened when you... Well, this, the point was it could be twisted into a defence of fascism, which is, yeah. you know... Even I am going to say, you know, it's like I wouldn't blame the cultural warriors for going after someone who tried to rehabilitate Oswald Mosley mm. or indeed Max Mosley. 
but what happened was that I wrote this thing, this thing about my, my, my friend and how it was sad. And he'd paid the price of being a Mosley in uh, a, a life of unhappiness and drug addiction and death at 39 alone in a, in a, in a, in a flat in Notting Hill. Um, and, uh, but that I didn't think it was fair and right to punish him even after his death and punish his name because of the sins much longer ago of his grandfather. Um, and how did the piece go? And the piece just went crazy. I mean, it's just like from all over the world, hundreds and hundreds of people emailing me, every writer, politician, everyone I can, anyone you can name. It was literally like it was your birthday. Exactly. They just were flooding in. This is so wonderful. It made it me cry. It was like it was your it birthday me... and you were 100 and you were also David Attenborough. First out of the blocks was the editor of the Times, John Witherow, about 10 to 5 before it had gone up. Marvellous piece, passionate, excellent, brilliant. And he's usually right. He, I, when I, he does that about once a year, which is about as often as I write a good one. And then gradually they all start to, to flood in, you know. And it was just sort of amazing. I, I, can't, I can't think of anyone who didn't write to me. Mm-hmm. I was very touched to read one from Janice Turner, whose last email to me was having a go at me for something terrible I did on Twitter and I thought wasn't speaking to me all sorts of people lots of people saying I didn't realise we all thought you were such a terrible bastard but it turns out you're really lovely and kind why don't you do this every week and I go because I thought I was paid to make jokes uh, but no everyone so that's an interesting point isn't it sometimes as a columnist you can are you right there darling Did Boris Johnson write to you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just for Boris background. Johnson didn't write to me. Just for well background. Done. We're, 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 we're somewhat no, ignored. We're somewhat ignoring here. I love how you pressed on, by the way, darling. We're somewhat ignoring the elephant in the room, are we not? The elephant on the table. Yes, which is. Can you make an elephant noise? Can you introduce noise? yourself, please? <laughs> That's not an elephant. <laughs> That's a pig noise. Uh, would you like to introduce Close yourself? Enough. Would you like to introduce yourself, mystery guest? Hi, I'm Kitty Corrin, the terrible bastard's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the complaints oh I will get for my daughter using my language. Oh, my God. Um, and how old are you, Kitty Corrin? Ten. And, and have you, is this your first uh, audio uh, appearance? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't think you've ever and appeared before. what are you doing in my why kitchen are you sitting... on a Wednesday at quarter to one? Because you asked me to. Yeah, no. no why aren't you at school? Because everyone has coronavirus except for me, because I'm special. Everyone has coronavirus in your class. I think it's getting on for everybody, in fact, except you because you've already had it. And we should say that we've lateral flowed Kitty every day. So we've not exposed Ben to the evil virus. I can't remember if you've had it, Ben. Ben, who's nearer to Kitty's age than ours. Yes. uh, As we all know. (laughs) Um, hasn't it? But we've all had it, so it's why she hasn't got it. So anyway, Kitty's around and dinging about and doing her on on school learning. Um, But this morning I said, listen, Ben's arrived to do the podcast. Do you want to come and hang out? And bizarrely, she said yes, which normally she doesn't. Is this the beginning of a big media career, Kitty? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to occasionally give us your opinions on some of these issues? Probably. Now, Kitty is Gen... There's a word for them. Z? No, Sam is Gen Alpha. Kitty is still Gen Z, just about. Well, the same as Ben. But no, Jen's still... Ma- I'm a hardcore millennial. Are you? Yeah. Ben, Kitty, is it- I, Esther is just millennial. No, um, depends on who you ask. I think, I think ask. they take away your rights for having a frog in your throat. <coughs> yeah, they won't let you in with that. I, I, I had thought it was 82, but I was reading online the other day that it's actually 80. So I'm like, I'm not boomer, thank God. Yeah. I'm, I'm just into Gen X, I think. You're Gen X, yeah. Uh, I'm just about millennial. millennial, but I've got, I've got a foot in both camps. I'm, I'm quite Gen X and I'm a little bit millennial. And then there's Gen Z. Are you sure Kitty's Gen Z? She's Gen Z and Sam is Alpha. Boris Johnson might have been moved by because I was talking about just because... A boy's father or grandfather is unpopular. Oh, is the, have you given this a lot of thought, Kitty? No, but I do know about it as you have been talking about it for a while uh, and also during this podcast. 
Well, basically, the, my friend Al, who I was at school with, his dad was a fascist. He was the leader of the British Union of Fascists. He was a racist. He had his, his people dressed up in uniforms and marched with the Can East I End. say who came to his wedding? Yes. Yeah, Hitler came to his wedding. Oh, you know that? Yeah. Hitler came to his wedding to the evil Diana Mitford. Uh, they marched through the East End, beating up Jews of whom my grandparents might have been some, although I bet they stuck it back to him. She probably they didn't. They probably were just having a cup of tea. <laughs> It'll be over soon. Don't look. Nobody go to the window. But anyway, so so that all happened, and then so Al, and then Al died of a drug overdose, and he had an unhappy life because his dad was well, mostly because he had the name. And they won't honour his name because they won't honour his name because they say they don't want their college buildings in Oxford or their professorships tainted by the name of Mosley. Now listen, you know I'm quite unpopular with some people. Yes, yes. Don't say why or just anything. Don't just but the point Don't is, give any details. My mouth is shut. Okay. If it would be a bit unfair, basically, wouldn't it? If you later in life people aren't interested in you or think you have nothing to say because your father was the evil Giles Coroner. Would that be fair? No, not really. I mean, luckily, your grandfather was a great man. And with a bit of luck, I've still got time to change the reputation of my name. And basically, what was amazing was that it was just so moving to find all these people writing to me and saying how wonderful it was. You're normally making these jokes and everything, but this was just moving and heartfelt and so so brave of you to stick up for it. The only... I got... One person said, beautiful, heart-moving, heartwarming piece. And they got a thousand likes below the line Mm. on The Times, which is... It's not like Twitter. There aren't that many subscribers. That's like... 1% 1% of all the digital subscribers. I mean, it's not, it's 0.1%, but it's still a lot of them. Um, and it's just sort of extraordinary. And it makes me think maybe I should just start writing pieces like that. You've got into your head that you're, that you have to be funny, 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 jokes, jokes, jokes every single week. And you don't. And I keep saying to you, you don't have to be. And I see you at your desk with your hands in your hair going, God, I just need jokes. Don't jokes. give it away. Don't and give like, them that image. You don't have to them do see that. that. You don't have to do that. You didn't always used to do that. You, you, you did used to have a variation of pieces. And you're just, I mean, it, you're just, you're, you're your own worst enemy, is what I'm saying. Well, it, yeah, well, I know that. It's, it's, the great thing is jokes are really hard when you've got a hangover. So I could go back to sort of drinking on Wednesdays uh, and just write... Just write but more... When you're hungover, you can write really... Because you feel like crying anyway. Yeah. So you can write really tearful columns when you're not in a good mood. But listen, anyway, so that's what happened. I was just... I am riding... This one person, the wonderful Stig Abel, head of uh, whatever his title is, Emperor of Times Radio, he, he and I have discussed my theory that as a column writer you need to do one brilliant one, two okay ones, and a bad one, and that's an okay hit rate for four. Uh, and as long as every, every, you know, as long as you get an excellent one out, then the next one doesn't have to be too good, and then the next one, and then you can, you know, you can bring it back. But once you've done a bad one, next week's has to be good. And his t- tweet among the thousands, his text to me was, um, "I think you're all right for a couple of weeks there." I'm finding it difficult to see past the the, the 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 terrible thing in golfing cricket at the moment, which is you know because cricket, you are cricket's number one fan. Cricket's number one fan, um, and uh, it's um, it's it's. Uh, let me just uh, get the, get today's paper. So, we have so give stuff. us. We've just had the sort of uh, we've just had the the the, um, the uh, select committee uh, evidence um, of Azim Rafiq. And who is Azim Rafiq? Azim Rafiq is a is a British Yorkshire cricketer of Pakistani heritage. Came to play for Yorkshire, oh, 2007, 2008, something like that. Got, got play, didn't have a great time. Are people being racist? Yeah, cricket is being rocked by racism allegations from, uh, from Azim Rafiq, who, who had two spells at Yorkshire. And I'm not going to go over and over. It had a bad time with all of them, was treated badly. I spoke to someone high up at the MCC who said that Rafiq just wasn't a good enough cricketer. Uh, 
and didn't get picked and it's sour grapes and he's taking it out on them with this and he said that to me and I went really okay but then I saw as everyone did Rafik's um, uh, testimony in front of the in the House of Commons and you know it's what if he says it happened it, 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 it happened and the, the effect on his life has been terrible and really so my so I just want to talk about cricket he says that the thing that makes me saddest and I'm trying to make my son into a cricket lover against the grain with test cricket dying with all the money being uh in India and changing the game to a t20 format and not being the th- the game that I remembered when I was a kid and trying to make him interested and love it when everyone else is into football he said he, he would do everything he could to keep his children out of cricket yeah and there's this thing of banter and he, he's saying yeah. they call it banter and I and obviously banter is a gopping word used by wankers and people go oh it's just bants and all uh, and I go no gosh no no it's not just banter and I have been a victim of banter as have you yeah what, what I'm saying here is that banter is often the defense of the kind of people who go legend total legend you know, it's just bants banter is obviously damaged this man your other, your other friend you were talking to uh Mikael yeah yeah Mikael so, who, was, who was saying yeah that's not banter he told me he said um that's not just banter that's racism he said I, he didn't believe it of Michael Vaughan. He said, "I'm not. He doesn't. I'm not saying Rafik is lying, but Vaughan was. I've spent days with him at the cricket. He was lovely to me and my kids. Mm. Um, but of course, racism can be. You can be nice to someone one day and not nice the other day. And then Mikael reveals that our cricket coach. I said, "Did you did you encounter it at school when we were in the? I think back the old first eleven, 1985-6-7, We played together. You know. And you're thinking, whoa, what was said to Mikael? And he said, well, no, no, it was all absolutely fine. Uh, apart from our cricket master, a beloved fellow, he said he called me the name of a Pakistani boy from the school who'd left in the 70s for my whole time, yeah. my whole five years at the school. And I yeah. thought, well, that must have been pretty dismal. This was a cricket master. This was a guy everyone loved him. He, 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 he doesn't mean anything that bad by it. But it's a thing that is suffered by all sorts of people in all walks of life. And I think there might be a way of writing about it because I wrote a heartfelt piece last week. I, in my case, would write about the sort of low-level persistent anti-Semitism that I felt. But because you haven't spoken for a while, why don't you talk about where you encountered sexism at that why, moment? Why don't you talk to me about my opinion, which you were going to say? <laughs> What's your opinion, Kitty? Uh, Give us your opinion. My opinion on what? <laughs> <laughs> There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end... Why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free? Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Stephen Byrne, who is France's best-known heritage consultant, says he's going to move from the Pigalle. Do you know where that is? The Place Pigalle or the Pigalle Museum? The Pigalle Pigalle area of Paris. Yeah, it used to be the old red light district. Really? Oh, right, okay. So Um, he's got some... It's where Pigalle's places, there's all things like, uh, I think, like the Crazy Horse Strip Clubs and that kind of stuff, or Moulin Rouge, and also prostitutes and and stuff like that. What? What? Pardon? Don't mention strip clubs and prostitutes in front of your 10-year-old daughter. You're aware they exist? Um, Yes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so he had a flat in the Pigalle, which I suppose is the, it's the Who are we same. talking about? Stefan, Stefan Byrne. Who is you say it like I'm, a, I'm, I'm quick, just, I'm Quickly get to why I care who he is. <laughs> Sorry, darling. Oopsie. Sorry, darling. <clears throat> Stefan Byrne, who is France's best-known heritage consultant. Yeah, and he's a close friend oh, of Macron. Oh, who's this second? Who's our best-known heritage consultant? Anyway, fine. He's a big heritage consultant. What's he done? He's moving from the Pigalle because... He's moving from the Pigalle to uh, Perche, which is in northern France, um, because he says that Paris is a dustbin. It's a dump. It's horrible. Oh, c'est une poubelle. It's oh. une poubelle, exactly. Whatever, Sale. Whatever happened. Beaucoup de rubbish. What, oh, dégueulasse, ça. Whatever happened to, the city, to my city of light? Qu'est-ce qui s'est passé in? avec le cité de lumière? He oh. said in the Figaro. Oh, c'est dommage, ça. Wait. What in And French? he said, <laughs> he has said that it's all the fault of Anne Hidalgo, who is the socialist oh, mayor of Paris. C'est, yeah, exactly. c'est qui, ça Anne Hidalgo. So I thought. Je l'ai pas connu. Do... C'est quoi? C'est qui? Anne Hidalgo. C'est quoi? Qu'est-ce qu'elle fait? C'est la mayoresse. Oh, la mayoresse! Yeah. Don't worry, Kitty, it's not C'est really. C'est la mayoresse? I don't know. No. Okay. What is she? She's the mayor of Paris, is she? She's the socialist mayor of Paris. Yeah, socialist. Who has introduced ugly uh, cycle People. lanes. Oh, I read the and, story. Loads yeah. of benches. Loads of really crap benches. Concrete benches. Cyclists. Um, but, and she's also done a thing where um, sort of she's encouraged community garden. So she's, she's encouraged big plastic tubs full of earth that local residents are all supposed to get together and plant things in but obviously everyone just puts their fag butts out on them and, and they're just being fine everyone just poos in them and stuff they've got they've got exactly. no idea because i used to live in paris and there are no gardens no one has gardens right the, the jardin de luxembourg they use the words jardin what do you think that means kitty jardin yellow the jardin that's jaune le jardin Oh. Garden. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so the, the, the jardin. There's no, there's no grass, no flowers, nothing in the jardin. Looks just gravel for basically playing bull on and wing on and having your horrible little dogs do their, their poos, mm-hmm. which they call saucisse d'apéritif. Mm-hmm. Saucy. Yeah, sausage. Yeah, breakfast sausages or, or <laughs> pre-dinner sausages is what they call them in Paris because they have these tiny dogs that they carry around and they hold them over the gutter and they go <laughs> and they do their little poos and then and then oh yeah, but that's like the third most disgusting thing you ever said. Only the third. Yeah, only the third. Right. In front of you. I'm not making any great claims for London, but I, when we went to Paris, yeah, I was disappointed. You know, what did I thought, you think of Paris, Kitty? You were there. No, I can't remember. What did you remember about Paris? Going up the... Wasn't there that mini Eiffel Tower and the Eiffel Tower? No, it was the Eiffel bloody Tower. I know, but there was a mini Eiffel Tower and the Eiffel Tower made of stale macarons, wasn't it? Yes, there was. There was a there was a croque en bouche made of. That's the only thing I remember. So moving out of Paris because it's dirty. Paris has always been dirty. Cities are meant to be dirty. I love London. That sort of thing. No, other places that are supposed to be nice that haven't been nice for a hundred years. For example, Venice, the Trevi Fountain, Nice, and Saint Tropez. I couldn't think of any of the others. Oh, tourist destinations are all horrid. Yes, Paris exactly. is shit. Oh, I yeah. like it. Yeah. I like it. Why am I? I'm going like note takey, but yeah. in the end, I'll throw this bit of paper away and then ask you what was that thing you had. So, tourist destination. What bought on the Tur- water, for example? 
the little Venice. I've been mean enough bottle. about yes, Bourton on the Water. But which I'm is just our local village in the Cotswolds. Yeah. Um, Kitty, what do you... Well, I, I Famous things... Yeah, ask me, yes. No, I, I think you should sit there quietly minding your P's and Q's. Famous things that are rubbish. Um, well, no, no, but... Famous fa- places that are rubbish. Places that are rubbish. Paris, because like, Par- Paris is rubbish. What does, the... what does minding your P's and Q's mean? I actually don't know. Mum, think... what does minding your P's and Q's mean? means being polite and not swearing like Dad. When I'm dead, you can do the podcast with Mum. that will be fine. Um, Let's just get up in the middle of it and walk off. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so like the Paris story, I lived in Paris... Paris may be dirty, but Rome... Oh, my God, Rome. Worst place on earth, worst holiday. I think, uh, yes, exactly. And I don't know if it's a tourist or... Because oh, they Florence. Florence is an absolute... Didn't we go to that place on uh, in France? Where? Where everyone was Italian and everyone was mean. Yes. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. Uh, Cavallo. Cavallo. Yeah, 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 correct, Cavallo. yeah. Um, Saint Tropez, do you remember we sat in that traffic jam? Oh, Saint Tropez. Like Saint Tropez. They all say, "Oh, you've got to go there after the second sink is amazing," yeah. and you can't, it, you can't get there. You can only. It's a nine-hour traffic jam from wherever you go. Literally nine hours. Yeah. And when you say, "Oh, you trouve, you must go by boat or helicopter." Yeah, what kind of place can you only go to by boat or helicopter? Fucking yeah. French people. Exactly. Um, uh, good it? idea. And then, so Munich, School Exchange, Germany, horrible. No surprises there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But actually, really nice is, and then we have to have somewhere. What about uh, uh, the place where we went? Um, there's Scotland. Jew something. Jura. 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 That was nice. Full of midges, though. Everywhere's bad. Everywhere's bad. Moving out of Paris isn't really going to help. Paris is not the worst place on earth. Right. Well, he's he's renovated a former military academy in northern France. So, I mean, I'm... (laughs) Haha, nerd. I'm just sort of... Punchline. <laughs> that is pretty dorky, isn't yeah. it? Uh, have you seen a picture of him? He's going to be some guy who's into weird military sexual yeah, restraint yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, I have renovated the yeah. école militaire. I just feel sorry me. for him. He's going to be, does he understand how like big and lonely it's going to be in his military academy? There's no rubbish anywhere. <laughs> just loads of bins. Everything. Put that away. Squaws that. I think people are going to come from all over France to just leave shit lying around yeah, his house. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm trying now to think. The Trevi Fountain was probably the most disappointing and weird. Did we go there? No, I went there on my own on a disastrous solo trip to Rome where I got lost. And No, we did go because I went for a wee in McDonald's. Did you approach there? No, no, I promoted her somewhere to a Morocco. half-built hotel in Morocco, which I got on a freebie. <laughs> and the pool didn't have any water in. <laughs> and there was a donkey going, eh, ah, eh, ah, across over the wall. All night, it had a shower that drained into the bathroom. Outwards, yeah. Drained outwards into the bathroom. Yeah. And sitting down at the rubbish hotel restaurant where they bring a menu of ten things and say nine of them are unavailable, I said to, I, I said, darling, um, would, would you, would it be okay if I asked you to marry me? Or something, I'm afraid, I can't remember my phrase. I can't remember if her. I asked you to marry me, what would you say? And then a man sat down next to her and said, so what do you think of the food and beverage offering? And it was literally that <laughs> the literally... Manager, the manager, the manager sat down The here. manager, the manager of the hotel sat, who always interrupts you when you go to a restaurant, if you're me. Literally. But in, I'm not... Or, to be fair, I think I proposed to mum and I think she said yes. And I was just about to like burst yeah, into tears and stuff. And, and, then and then this bloke says, so uh, what do you think and of the price point? And then I had to go... price to... point on the couscous. <laughs> Then I had to get up and go to the loo because I had a bad tummy. She had to get up and have a test. So, so yeah. mum went to, do, to squit out her diarrhoea while I talked as a newly engaged man to this boring fucking hotel manager about his shit hotel. So, But apart from the no water in the swimming pool, the, the shower that drains into your bedroom, <laughs> the, the, noisy the, 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 the noisy donkeys and there not being any food, what else do you think about my hotel if you've given you free? And now people, I just say, and they say people go, where did you, where did you propose to us? 
ecstatic at a little place in the Atlas Mountains. Yeah. And they go, oh, how romantic. And then I stopped the story We went there. back and it was actually better. That it had, it had very much improved. Yeah, we went back. You're right, we did. Yeah, we went when back. else were the times you cried? Wasn't uh, that obviously when I was born? Oh, God, no, Dad's always in tears. That's not I cried and I put you in a bucket. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a bucket. It was called a tummy tub. <laughs> it was and a bucket. And someone so, said, you've so, got to get this. My baby loves it. And I went, okay. And yeah. Kitty knows this is the first story about Kitty when she was born. What do you know, Kitty? Wow, wow, me crying. Me don't like the bucket. Dad also cried. Dad don't like the bucket either. <laughs> I, so I mum bought this thing for washing babies. A tummy in. tub. Okay, for washing when we brought you back from the hospital, and 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 it was a big plastic bucket. And it was a put with it said tummy and tub on the front. And wait, wait, wait. The the and the idea is that when the baby's in the tummy tub, it feels like it's back in the womb because well, it's all didn't. kind of secure. And well, if it does recreate the room, Kitty did not have a well, nice time. Bear in mind months. that Kitty had never cried. Kitty was born and didn't cry. Just went hello. She was really yes. cool for days. Like Kitty just slept. <laughs> she just put her she spectacles on and a, read a book. Put her spectacles on. Read, read her Harry Potter. Said this is shit. <laughs> then read uh, uh, Noughts and Crosses and said this will do. Uh, and so and I and I thought I'll bath. I changed her early first nappies and stuff to get in the habit of it. I went to wash. I filled up this this bucket with water, dunked her in, and she went fucking tonto. She went yeah. purple, started went screaming. You're gonna get cancelled for swearing. I know. And I thought, is it is it is it too hot? And it wasn't. And I handed you to mum and I ran into your bedroom and crouched on the floor and put my hands in my and I just cried and cried and cried because I'd hurt my little baby and you think that's the funniest thing yeah you it? didn't even take her for her, inje- her injections I wouldn't no you no, no I took I her for her first one and they put that the needle in her fat little thigh <laughs> and she went ah, and stared at me like you did that <laughs> We could do... I wondered about the Radio Times survey. So it's getting on for... The, it was last weekend. It's getting on for a bit old, but it's not been properly covered. The Radio Times survey, which says that people lie about having watched TV shows. They yeah. want to be part of the conversation, so I'll just say my thing. They, they want to be part of the conversation, and uh, so they say, yeah, I saw that Game of Thrones. I saw that. I saw Breaking Bad. And they're drawing a parallel with people who lie about having read books. But having read books is a massive effort. People pretend to have read books in order to appear more. Well, is that you going, Kitty? Yeah, bye. Okay, <laughs> I bye. told you. Yeah. She managed 40 minutes. That's pretty it? impressive. That's, that's actually very, very impressive. 40 minutes of us just sort well of done, swearing. Kitty. Well done, baby girl. Um, okay, I've got one really funny thing. All right, let's we've do got it. The da- we've, got the, let's... we've got the Daniel Hum thing, which is mm-hmm. I might write my column about, and I've got a really funny You're idea. You're going to have to expand on what the Daniel Hum thing right, Okay, but then I've got to do the really funny idea. You're going to do Daniel Hum and then another idea? No, I'm going to do... Da- yes, I want to... For fuck's sake, what time is it? Top boss one. Yeah. We've been. I was scheduling for leave at two, and now I don't have to go because Matey's cancelled. We can do all afternoon. Oh, good. We've been going. We don't. I, we, we've got. We can go some more, Ben. We can do. We can do one more. One more. You see. Thank you. Ben. Okay. First of all, I'm going to tell you my funny idea. But both, I'm going to get you. Fuck you, Ben. No. I'm going to get. <laughs> I've got more than that. So I've got three things. I've got three no, things. Don't do three things. Please I let me tell you the ideas quickly. Quickly. First of all, I might write about Daniel Hum. Uh, who is um, uh, he, he tried to he's the chef at Claridge's I gave it a very poor review he's the big head chef at Claridge's he's got 11 Madison in New York he turned 11 Madison vegan it's a three mission service he turned it vegan plant based got terrible reviews from Pete Wells the, uh, who I think is the New York Times restaurant critic like saying this is absolutely rubbish the, these vegetables they just feel like they're apologising for the meat it's awful I appreciate the vegan project but still they've gone separate ways because he tried to turn to a plant based menu and I think I'd have a genuine column about you know, I appreciate the vegan movement. We've all got to eat a bit less meat. But if you, it's not going to start at Claridge's. It's not going to start at the 200-year-old 
oak-panelled, leather-seated favourite restaurant of the late Queen Mother. That's not going to be the play. You know, gin and Dubonnet and a bloody... But the thing is, after, after a QM, after two QMs, you don't know what you're eating. That's a cocktail so, which Jester's referencing. Which is, which is you... a gin and Dubonnet, which is called the Queen Mother. And after two stiff QMs... You're not going to give a shit whether you're you eating a turnip or a steak. To be fair, I ate his famous duck dish uh, uh, in sort of peppercorn salt or something, which I described as being like, I, I know, ro- oh, rolled in the gravel from the bottom nasty, of a parrot yeah. cage. And I thought, if he has this little respect for me, let him do it to a fucking turnip. Anyway, yeah. that's one column I might write. There's another... I've got two other ideas which are just really funny. There's a campaign in the Times today. There's a campaign to teach engineering in primary schools. We've got a shortage of engineers. It's one of the things, and we we have no not proper skills. It's the thing that my old friend James Dyson used to talk about. Yeah, skills. You know, yeah, skills skills they learn yeah. engineering. I just thought quite funny engineering in primary schools. I just thought. I, my, right now, settle down, everybody. Well, my my phone call to a nine-year-old plumber. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, I just think, good, you laugh. You yeah, say engineering, okay. bridge building, but like, I mean, at what level? It's, it's, that, that's just, that seems to me funny, you know. Um, if you think you can, if you, all you need is, all you need is to kind of like capture the voice of your I can't of believe that our 10 year old, our 10 year old contributor has gone. Yeah. Just when I've got to the idea about. The 10 year old plumber. I, I'm not sure she, yeah. That she would give a shit. I think she's run out of steam. And I want to tell you a thing, an idea which I have, which is very funny, which you will like, because it's the kind of thing that you like. Is that okay? right? I've just been uh, reading a book called Word Horde. It's published this week. Word Horde? Word Horde. W-O-R-D-H-O-R-D. Yeah. W-O-R-D-H-O-R-D, which is the old English word for word hoard. And a word hoard was a thing. It's what they sort of called a dictionary. It's what they called a right. poem. It's a word hoard. And it's just a book about old English. And it starts off with an introduction about old English. And I, and I used to love studying old English. And and and, and, uh, and it's fun. And she's, she's uh, I forgot the, forget the author's name, but um, she's, she's described the importance of old English. And then she's just done a word a day, an old English word. Um, and what it tells us about life then and life now, and it's, it's, a, it's a lovely thing. And she turns out to have a there's a there's a there's a what's it called? Not a podcast, the thing where you write every day that you used to a do blog. a blog. Um, and it's a word every day, and it got me really into old English. And then I was thinking about that, maybe getting her on the radio show. And then on the radio this morning, I heard Zadie Smith uh, talking about her new play. She's done a play, and it's based on the wife of Bath. Okay, but it's called the wife of Wilsdon, obviously, because Zadie is from from Wilsdon around the corner. And she's the way the wife of Bath famously um, is about this. She's a very high living. I think Zadie said on the radio, you would call her sex positive now. She does a lot of shagging. She's in power. She has a succession of husbands. And she's modernised the wife of Bath and put it into modern, in, in modern English. And I thought to myself about doing a collection of Middle English poems, Chaucerian poems, tales from the Canterbury Tales, other tales for now. Why are you making that face? No, it's, I'm, I was. I'm. It's, it's had quite the build up. This, and I'm just want to make sure that this is the. I what I understand. Well, no. Okay. So you know how they. So the, the, yeah. it was the Clark's tale, the Reeves tale, the yeah. wife of Bath's tale, the Knight's so tale, who would the it Merchant's be? table. Well, the Merchant's. So first of all, you look at this was Chaucer's way of talking about all the different ranks of society from top to bottom, and telling. And then they tell a story to uh, on the pilgrimage the to Canterbury. Here's scooter thief. Story. Uh, the scooter thief, exactly. Scooter thief. The scooter thief tale. Um, the scooter thief tale. The keyboard. The cultural warrior. The cultural warrior's tale. The keyboard warrior tale. The keyboard warrior's tale. Hang yeah. on. The keyboard warrior's tale. The, the uh, re- reality TV. The millennials' show. tale. The millennials' tale. The reality TV starrier's tale. Hard work over a thousand You're words. You're going to have to be not hungover for that one. That's going to be. Oh, I'm going work. out for dinner tonight with James Merritt of the Times. Hi, James. He's, a, he's like fan of the pod. He's like twelve. He's Generation Alpha. He's Kitty's <laughs> age, but I imagine he slams it back. Uh, we're going out for, for it's like Haggerston or somewhere. It's going to be going like going out with a young you. He's got the little round glasses. That oh come on, James is a self-identified nerd. I was well cool. 
that age. Are you sure? Despite darling? looking exactly like James Marriott, exactly I considered like myself to be super cool. Yeah. Just like James is. Super literary. James he writes all about books and stuff now because he's clever and knows about books. They make him write all these book reviews and stuff about books. He'll be writing sweary things about about uh, found people in restaurants like me soon enough. Yeah, anyway, it's only a matter of time. I, no, so I, if I'm hungover, it won't really work. But um, do you know, a li- not that long ago I did poems. Yeah, but people like it, generally. Yeah, so I'm just thinking that's an option. It is a very funny option. I think of all the, of all the things we've talked about this morning, I think that's probably the that's one the I one like the most. Like yes, see. you're quite right. The whiff of Kentish Town's tale. I re- the the <laughs> fuck are you, she saith, <laughs> to her columnist husband who prayeth that on a dayeth... Uh, In the queue for the fishmongery, she said, <laughs> only two people at a time at a max, and also where... Quillum, there was a podcasty. Yeah. <laughs> it's ever and anon turned the nasty. <laughs> You've been listening to Giles Corran Has No Idea with me, Giles Corran. And me, Esther Walker. It's a Wireless Studios production for The Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can listen to us on The Times radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. To find out what I wrote about in the end, you can pick up a copy of The Times or get a digital subscription. Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corran Has No Idea. And for the full live experience, tune into my show on Times Radio every Friday from 1 till 4. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.